In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about the upcoming laptop CPU wars and getting angry at game devs. Welcome, everybody, to this spooky edition of The Full Nerd, episode 277. I feel like we've done an episode before uh, on Halloween, right? No? Uh, well, if we you're. Must have. It's been five or six years. Oh, God, I, I feel, yeah. And I don't remember what I dressed up last time, but I, this time, uh, for the audio listeners who can't see, I'm dressed up as, as Gordon. Not our Gordon, but a, a, a Gordon Freeman. Uh, I just started at this new uh, research facility. Uh, they they handed me a crowbar and asked me to push a crystal uh, that's in a cart into a laser beam. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll do that later. I'll do that after the show. This is like the orientation. Anyway, I am your host, uh, your fill-in host for this episode, Adam Patrick Murray. Uh, on the line, we have spooky Bradley Charkis. I live in a swamp. I put up signs. I'm a terrifying ogre. What do I got to do to get some quiet around here? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, and also, also on the line, we have uh, joined uh, Mark Hawkman. Spooky Mark Hawkman. Hey, I'm a Halloween hater. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's the spookiest thing we're going to hear today. Uh, and controlling the spookiest uh, verticals and horizontals is Willis Lie. Hello, hello, everyone. I shouldn't be talking because uh, No Face really doesn't talk. Uh, oh, hey, I'm out of character. Yeah, he, he actually. Well, yeah. both both of our characters actually shouldn't be talking. This whole, this, you know what, Brad, Mark, just go for it. Do the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, hello, Ernest. Hello, hello. Uh, trick or treat, trick or treat. Uh, well, we've got a, a good episode here today. I, I, okay, I need to. I don't. I don't need this low, quiet, spooky voice all the time. <laughs> so I'm just gonna re- return to normal, Adam. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining us. Um, we got a fun show today. Uh, first couple quick hits. Uh, I, I can't. I can't promise anything, but I. I, I do want to tell you right now. We have uh, in the works a uh, another uh, episode with with Gordon coming up. So uh, stay tuned to that on your your audio and video feeds uh catch up with I, him I personally can't wait as a fan yeah yeah no, I'm, I'm excited to uh catch up with him so uh we'll, hopefully you'll hear from uh from gordon soon uh and then another quick hit i don't, I don't know i'm calling this segment um uh, but uh something that uh I, i'm going to be looking at soon is that corsair sent over their new game gaming desk gaming creator desk the platform six um and I'm, I'm i'm gonna start filming it hopefully this week I need to set it up and, and kind of do some, some stuff, but don't look for the full video out for a little bit. Cause I do actually want to like test it out and kind of see how it, how it, uh, you know, holds up rather than just give like a, a quick impression kind of thing. So, uh, but I'm excited about that. I've, I've seen, I've seen plenty of gaming desks. I, I know this is not like a, they don't advertise as like a gaming desk. Uh, but I, I like makes the- a gaming desk. RGB. RGB. Yeah. There's RGB in it? <laughs> yeah. nice. Oh, no, no. The, so this one doesn't have RGB. Actually, the, the oh. thing that I like about that, this is more geared for, like, content creators. So it has uh, it has a, a, a really deep base and then, like, a bar, like a bar across the back that uh, it, it comes with uh, monitor arms. Uh, but then also, like, you can attach cameras and lights and stuff to it. So it's uh, mm, they cool. have they have a version where they do, like, a pegboard that you can attach stuff to as well. But uh, I, I did not spring for that one. Um Corsair sent it to me, by the way. So, uh, but it, it is not a sponsored thing. Uh, so, I'm, I'm excited to check it out, though. I, I have this rinkety little desk that uh, I got during the pandemic, and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't need it for that long. Uh, <laughs> and then now I'm years later, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should <laughs> look at a better desk. Um, anyway, anyway, 
uh, we, we got some we got some uh, information around laptop CPUs. Things are heating up. It's weird. Like we knew about Meteor Lake, obviously, for for a little bit, but all of a sudden, it just feels like there is this tidal wave of laptop CPU news. Uh, and riding that wave out in front on a boogie board was Mark Hawkman. Uh, you, you were over in Hawaii. Did you do any surfing? No. In fact, no. there weren't. I mean, the, the, so Qualcomm held its uh, its thing in Maui, and, and just for whatever reason, there's just Maui doesn't seem to have a whole lot of waves. I mean, it's great for snorkeling. Oh. It might just be the islands offshore. Like I, I, my my knowledge of Hawaiian geography is is actually kind of poor where Maui is concerned. I think it's Lanai that might be offline uh, off right off the shore. Anyways, now nah, there was no there was no waves. There was uh, I think some people jumped in the pools. Um, I was just kind of like you know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of stuck in my room working uh but you know i didn't even use all my mai tai coupons i mean they just the hotel gave us to them and i was just like you know i had a couple of cocktails with dinner that was about it so <laughs> nice well, I'm well pretty well well the big news out of it was uh yeah. them them making a a push for 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 laptops but they've been in laptops before i mean i remember yeah. we we did a video i think it was my first computex 2019 we did a yep, video that's it. uh mm-hmm. and yeah, but then there was some testing around that. I mean, how how did you feel about that first iteration? And I can't remember what what was the the chip. Um, uh, it was like, well, it was it was called the 8CX, mm-hmm. and they, oh, had, yeah. they even went back. They even went back before that to the 850 and so forth. But it was 8CX that we were probably filming in Computex. That's what uh, it was, yeah. Which used the Cryo CPU, and mm-hmm. and this one is an entirely new CPU. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. uh, and so. so, but they they're they're repromising a new a new push. And they're showing right. off some some impressive numbers. You you actually got to test something. Though, so yeah. So um. So historically, you know, Windows and ARM has been uh, exclusively limited to Snapdragon, and uh, they depending on who you'll talk to, they they kind of will say, hey, it's there's an exclusivity agreement uh, through the end of 2024, hmm. um, and that's not like official official they won't i mean i've asked you know you've asked we've asked people on the record they just you know you don't get that information uh but supposedly it's a 2024 thing and supposedly near the end of 2024 anyways uh that's kind of leads into some of the other competitors we'll be talking about in a second but for right now um Qualcomm bought a company called Nuvia a couple of years back, and Nuvia was supposed to be this super powerful, well, not super powerful, but a, a, just a really super, sort of a turbocharged ARM chip. And interestingly enough, it's, it was co-founded by a guy named Gerald Williams, and Gerald Williams' claim to fame before that was working at Apple, where he designed the M1 chip. Uh, so, you know, what we're seeing right now is competing against the M1, or I should say, eventually the M3. It's kind of like you know, Williams competing against himself, which is kind of a little fun sidelight. But anyways, <laughs> this is the the Nuvia architecture for a CPU they call Orion and a platform they call Snapdragon X and a chip they call the Snapdragon X Elite. It's kind of a little bit confusing. But hmm. yes, yeah, so this was the sort of the big unveiling of the Snapdragon X Elite. And, you know, full disclosure, uh, they flew us over to uh maui to their snapdragon technology summit so we didn't want to do it i mean i didn't want to do it but yes we accepted hotel airfare room and board and so forth so have to make that clear but they had a couple of days of 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 this thing on maui where the first day they made some really bold claims about what this thing could do. They were talking about it being essentially double the performance of a 13th gen core chip, uh, specifically, you know, 10 and 12 core chips, uh, 1360p, I believe it was. 
uh, and even taken on uh, a Core i9, 13th gen. So we were, you know, the thing is, is that when you hear those claims, you know, you kind of like, hey, you know, um, are these real? Um, you know, when we were in Computex before, when they were on the Cryo CPU, you know, they made some claims about how it compared to a KB Lake R chip, for example, and uh, how it would just trounce it. And in reality, you know, they kind of lived up to their claims, but they kind of really undersold what Intel could do. And Intel turned out that they could just, you know, just kind of destroyed them. And everyone's kind of knows the story of Windows and ARM right now. It's kind of performance lags. Uh, there's compatibility. Uh, and all those things, you know, were kind of in the background going into this thing. So they kind of had a, a, a story, not only just to tell, but also to prove. And so I think that that is sort of the underlying message of with what I went over there. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of think they did. So the, 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 um, the X Elite is a is a single chip. They're not giving a family of chips. It's not like uh, they're having U cores and P cores and H cores and so forth. It's a single chip. It's uh, four, sorry, three clusters of four cores apiece. Uh, these are ARM uh, V8 cores. Uh, they all run at uh, 3.8 gigahertz. Um, and except they have sort of a turbo uh, option where they have two cores in those first two clusters that can go up to 4.3 gigahertz. Uh, and they're, you know, there's not, at least for right now, what they're doing is they're not, differentiating their clock speed they're simply saying which is kind of a feature of arm chips that they can scale up or down depending upon the tdp so they were Hmm. showing reference designs up to uh 80 watts uh but they also had a 23 watt and a uh 40 uh, sorry a a 12 watt and a 23 watt uh system that uh 45 watt system could go up to 80 if it needed to so but yeah the, the past arm iterations for pcs didn't go anywhere near 80 watts right not really, no. They were all geared really towards uh, long battery life. And the message here was that it still delivers long battery life. In fact, they're still talking about multi-day battery life, which you know kind of depends on how you use it, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, these are all geared at performance. In fact, if you want to look at the traditional ARM architecture, which is both you know uh, performance cores and efficiency cores, which, of course, Intel has adopted now, these are all performance cores. They said that yeah, those we, be our question. performance cores... Yeah, these, they, they said that our performance cores are better, sorry, more power efficient than competing efficiency cores. So there is no need to go down the route. So hmm. I know that's interesting, right? Because yeah. everyone was kind of wondering why, why no efficiency cores? I mean, they, cause they were kind of the first ones to, to have that. Right. That big, that little. big, big yeah. little, right? Yeah. Big little mm-hmm. is what they had called it. So now they're like, nope, just big. That's all we need. But just big, yeah. like across all of the SKUs, or do you think they'll have like maybe another SKU that has like a big little configuration there. Yeah, that's the question, right? So okay. they talked, we you know that was one of the things that, you know, I, 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 I talked to some of the people there and in fact was we're kind of hoping to do a, a big Q&A and, and, and they were sticking really to the party line. They weren't really saying anything about how they're going up and down the stack, what their future might hold. So hmm. it, 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 it was more, it was... <laughs> They were helpful. They were just, you know, they would they would talk. They wouldn't go anything beyond that was really publicly disclosed. So it, it wasn't really, uh, in my mind, uh, something that needed to be sort of just broken out to a particular story. Hmm. Um, but yes, I mean, they they are they're talking about performance cores, uh, and and we can assume in the future maybe they'll, they'll clock those up a little bit. Uh, you know, I asked them about Chromebooks. They wouldn't say anything about Chromebooks. One analyst suggested mm. they could just chop off a cluster. 
to give you a sort of an eight core part, which would make sense. So that mm. that that would be probably a direction they could go into. But right now, you know, it's mainstream notebooks they're looking at, not not gaming notebooks. They did show some games, but it's 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 performance. Okay. It's it's performance. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask because I mean, you did say they were comparing it to like Core i nine and in certain aspects, they but they're but yep. they're also not saying like, oh hey, these are going to be. Like the the you know in in huge thick gaming laptops or like or like content creation laptops. This is still more like thin and light kind of no, mainstream. No, in fact, they ruled out content creation, which is you know sort of that low oh. end discrete GPU. Mm-hmm. They did not say they did not rule out marrying it with a discrete GPU. I mean, that was a question that came up, and they they, they didn't say anything about not doing that. Mm. But yeah, these are like they said basically commercial consumer prosumer. So you know a little bit more powerful, but not content creation not gaming they did show things like like Baldur's gate for example sorry Baldur's gate 3 for example they showed warframe um showed a couple of other games but you know on the igp on the igp oh okay yeah well i don't know yeah what was the performance yeah okay yeah that's the thing (laughs) yeah this is the the medley of stuff where they said they could run it but i don't know performance i don't know resolution image quality um let me just talk a little bit more about uh what else we've got uh the adreno uh, so this is this is the orion cpu the adreno gpu stays uh and they didn't really talk about that much uh 4.6 teraflops uh ray tracing um they can drive three 4k displays upgradable software drivers which you know i was talking with a couple of people there they're like i think they they, they were talking about it. i think they meant done that before but no, they had like one SKU that had one driver upgrade, so you know <laughs> they weren't too impressed by that. Uh, you know, you've still got uh, 5G, uh, which is their bread and butter. Uh, USB four. Again, this is not you know Intel, so it's not Thunderbolt. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be pretty much question, it. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. But the one thing they did allow us to do, though, is you know they didn't allow us to actually handle the notebooks. They did have some reference designs, like I said. They didn't allow us to handle the notebooks. But they did allow us to supervise benchmarks, and we go through them on the site. And these were, you know, this was, you know, a, a fairly legit suite of benchmarks. I mean, we had Geekbench, we had Cinebench 2024. Sorry, you're going to say something. Well, so when you when you say uh, supervised benchmarks, does that mean they picked the benchmarks and they like actually? physically ran them or did you get to pick the benchmarks uh out of a list and the you know uh yeah good question so they had about a dozen i guess it was maybe two dozen notebooks there uh-huh. uh they had each like station and each station had a benchmark on it and then oh, they had a guy there that would push the button and you were there to try to determine if there was any hanky banking going on which i don't think there was but um you know and they even had like a list of suggested scores that these things were supposed to hit uh which which they did uh so you know it, it, it's not like we got to run the benchmarks but it's not like they just gave us numbers either so you know, it's a decent compromise. You know, the fair, you know, two dozen notebooks. I mean, they have, that means they have silicon back from the fab. Um, you know, these notebooks are supposed to launch mid 2024. Um, so, you know, that's a positive sign there. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so there, there were really two things that sold it. Um, one is that, yes, I mean, these benchmarks, Geekbench, Cinebench, uh, 3D Mark Wildlife Extreme, which isn't the, the, the one you necessarily pick, but that's fine. Uh, ProSign, uh, the AI stuff. Um, these were all, you know, lived up to their, their, their you know, their tests. And I, I didn't go over there with notebooks to test except for one, but 
you know, I took what they did, came back, looked at the notebooks that I had lying around here in this office, you know, did some testing against, you know, uh, 13, you know, 13th gen core stuff. And yeah, I mean, it seems to live up to its promises. Did, did um, they have, did they have anything to, to put it against there? Like, did they have, no, in, no they no, didn't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They had suggested scores for like, um, a couple of models, you know, some of the Ryzen stuff and M2, I think it was, maybe it was an M1, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, high end 13th gen, I think it was core I nine. So they had suggested scores, mm-hmm. but you know, that was just again in their, their numbers. And, um, and were these reference design laptops or were there actual, like were these Samsung laptops or like, like, no, these are, well, these are reference design, unbranded. Reference design. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the other thing that was interesting about, you know, what they showed there was that, you know, was the partners, um, you know, traditionally we've had, you know, Lenovo, we've had HP, Microsoft surface, you know, uh, the most recently with the, um, the surface pro nine 5g. I mean, these are partners they've had, but, um, there were more partners there than I can recall ever being lined up for an arm chip. I mean, there was, uh, not only those three, but there was Acer, there was Asus, there was Dell, <laughs> um, uh, Xiaomi was there. Honor, which is a Chinese phone manufacturer, is going to get into the laptop market uh, and use this chip too. So, hmm. uh, you know, OEMs see more than we do. Um, and so, if these guys are signing on, I mean, that was the other shoe for me. Um, you know, what they're showing us seems legitimate. What they're showing the partners seems legitimate. Hmm. Um, so again, um, you know, as, actually, as, as Gordon pointed out, these these benchmarks are optimized for ARM. They will run natively on ARM, and that has always been, you know, one of the the problems with these things. Um, you know, PC Mark they ran PC Mark apps, which is you know Word and PowerPoint and Outlook running on top of these things, and that's the traditional ARM benchmark. They didn't run PC Mark ten the generic benchmark mm. because mm-hmm. it compiles on a lot of different applications and not all of those run on ARM. So you're still going to see probably the, mm, it's going to run most of what you want, but maybe not everything. It's really going to be in Microsoft's camp to make sure that, you know, again, this is running what people want it to run. Uh, and that's going to be sort of the test as these things roll out to market. Well, and because yeah, that-, that was my big question yeah. looking at this, because I agree with everything you said, like seeing all the vendors line up out of the box, like we've never seen that for any of these windows on Arm Endeavors. Uh, and I found the fact that they are confident enough to claim at least that it can run things like Baldur's Gate 3 and stuff, I find that encouraging as well. But, and everything that you've shown, like it has excellent single thread performance, it has all kinds of other stuff, it looks great. I'm just, I'm hesitant because of that history of compatibility issues yep. and because of Qualcomm's own history of benchmark squirreliness in the past when it was announced and stuff. But I'm very intrigued. This could be a real, like, kick up the beehive kind of thing for the laptop market. And I'm very intrigued. Yeah. I mean, we're also seeing an intersection, too. So Qualcomm's pushing performance. Intel's backing off and pushing battery life. I mean, you know, maybe there's an intersection there. I'm not sure. So that's going to be... Yeah, I'm, <laughs> it's gonna, 2024 is going to be a really interesting year. Well, when when you say a lot of this compatibility stuff lays at the feet of Microsoft, was Microsoft there, like as as a partner talking about this stuff? They were there. Yes, talk, they were there. Had they had one Microsoft person on stage? Um, did they 
I don't recall them specifically just beating down, beating that horse of, hey, we're going to have, you know, 99% applications that you want to run available on this. I mean, that was just not part of their message. It was more along the lines of, hey, Windows on ARM, Windows is, uh, Microsoft's message has been kind of like Windows equals chip diversity. So, um, you know, x86, you've got ARM. Um, that I think will hopefully be a message they start putting out next year. But um, right now, I don't remember too much movement in that space other than just, you know, <laughs> I think they kind of want to wave their hands and make that go away. I mean, you know, they're, they're trying to push those other aspects right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, compatibility is the key. Uh, well, we have a, a wild Gordon Mung in the chat. Uh, hi, Gordon. Nice. Hey, Gordon. Uh, he has a question. Uh, Mark, uh, any insight into why Microsoft is pushing so hard with ARM? Um, two things. So first of all, again, is the diversity standpoint, um, they want to go ahead and, and sort of differentiate themselves from Apple because Apple, of course, is, you know, confined to a single chip at this point. Uh, they're not going back and forth to Intel. Um, and second, I think they are, I, I think they're a part of it has to do with AI. Uh, Qualcomm has traditionally been in the AI space, at least in the mobile side of things. Um, and, you know, that's a whole nother can of worms with AI because Qualcomm and Intel are pushing local AI, uh, AI that runs on your PC and doesn't need to necessarily talk to the cloud. It can be hybrid, but it's dependent upon your PC. The interesting thing here, and one of the things that we talked about sort of, you know, like at dinner, for example, but not necessarily with Qualcomm, is the fact that, honestly, I'm a little bit questioning whether... Microsoft wants local AI because, you know, if you look at Copilot on the PC, for example, right now, the upcoming, you know, in the uh, Windows 11's, uh, by the way, Windows 11 uh, is is rolling out, the, the 2023 update is, as of today. And one of those things is Copilot. And Copilot is essentially just a, essentially just a, a Windows to the cloud where you're asking Bing chat stuff and it does some stuff locally like change in dark mode and so forth. But, you know, once you've got your data on Microsoft's cloud, that comes with a subscription, right? Mm-hmm. With Microsoft 365 and Microsoft loves subscriptions and Microsoft really wants you to pay that money every month or every year. And so if you start looking at like AI locally... <laughs> Then you start to wonder, well, why do I necessarily need to do that? Uh, why can't I use Llama or the Meta's Llama and so forth? So I, I am, I am thinking that Microsoft wants Qualcomm because of AI. I'm just not sure that the scenario is going to play out exactly as they hope. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we we did talk a lot about uh, that with with Meteor Lake. How it was kind right. of that funny messaging where Intel's like, oh yeah, we're we're going to have all these. <clears throat> excuse me all these chips with ai built into it and then microsoft's right. like oh wow yeah check out all the power of the ai we have in the cloud yeah <laughs> so it's the, i think what we're going to start to see those... local ai uh, pro feature there you go <laughs> yeah well it could be and it also could be <laughs> i think one of the things that they did talk about a little bit to me was they wanted to see it as a uh, just a feature of like photoshop for example things that you do better acceleration apps you know yep. with local acceleration no, so if you can totally sell that, that then that's great so well so so you, you said the chips aren't coming out, and, or the, the the laptops that have these chips aren't coming out till mid next year, correct? Yeah, that's the that's the time frame. I, I they haven't. No one has said anything about showing them off at CES, but mm-hmm. I would expect that that would be one place that you'd see them alongside again, sort of this Meteor Lake debut too. Well, what what other questions do you have that you hope are answered? You know, sometime in between now now and the launch, what what's what's left for you? 
compatibility, uh, whether there's any sort of scaling up or down. Uh, you know, I, I would, uh, you know, one of the things that AMD and Intel have taught people is that there are various SKUs and various chips and various clock speeds. Uh, the whole scaling up and down with TDP uh, is still a little bit fuzzy, I think, in people's minds, even mm-hmm. my own. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to sort of educate the consumer on just you know how performance might scale with a thicker laptop uh, i mean we, we all kind of know that but again there's usually a chip to go along with it there's the whole local ai there's compatibility i mean there's a number of questions that qualcomm and windows and arm still need to answer but you know the biggest thing for them is to seed us with notebooks to allow us to run them if i was if i was actually qualcomm i would say look <laughs> I'm going to look at the benchmarks that PC World is running. I'm going to make sure every damn one of them runs on ARM and natively. <laughs> uh, that would be what I would do. Because yeah. otherwise, we get taken out of our review process and we have to say, crap, you know, you know, compatibility is still an issue. Whereas it's a lot easier to get past that if everything that you want to run on it already runs. So I think if they do that, then people will be happier. Otherwise, there's still going to be some negative sentiment. Hmm. I know graphics vendors do that. Look at uh, that Intel APO thing that just came out. Mm. Like the first two games it supports are Metro Exodus, uh, Enhanced Edition, and Rainbow Six Siege, which are right. two cop benchmarking games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. The other thing I wanted to mention too is that Procyon, uh, you know, which is there's not too many AI benchmarks out there. Uh, the interesting thing is that Procyon running uh, runs on various APIs. There's one for Intel OpenVINO. There's one for Qualcomm Snappy. There's one for an NVIDIA, Tensor AOT, and, you know, those are all essentially optimized, but you want to run them on the optimized platform. What I found was that Tensor RT, when you run it on like a 40, what was it on my uh, Surface Laptop Studio 2? I think it was like 4050, maybe it was a 4060. You get to the, you get right in that ballpark of Qualcomm integrated AI. So I think what mm-hmm. we're going to see from Intel and AMD is that, good gpus equal good npus especially with the messaging that you can run with cpu and gpu and npu together Mm -hmm. so i think that's going to be the message that they bring to say hey look you know qualcomm's not all that Mm -hmm. you know you still got a good gpu for gaming when you buy our systems Mm -hmm. okay well if there's there's anything good uh about this that might push microsoft forward and the legacy support stuff is that it's not just Qualcomm that's getting into this this ARM game heavily. Uh, we, we got some news about AMD and NVIDIA both uh, pursuing pursuing this as well. Yeah, like, I, again, I haven't really get, followed this. What, what, is, what is that about? Well, again, it gets into that exclusivity thing. Uh-huh. Um, supposedly, once that expires, you've got AMD and NVIDIA like looking at chips, you know, ARM PC, you know, chips for ARM PCs. Uh, again, there's a lot of little, you know, sort of, back talk not I want to say uh, what's the word I'm looking for back channel talk I guess mm-hmm. back down you know there people talking over you know uh, dinner and so forth mm-hmm. I think the consensus that people have come up with it, and this is just not my opinion but just what people I talk to is that the uh, AMD thing is probably not true um, only because they've done this they've done ARM before initiatives in the server space mm. um, but they seem relatively invested in x86 for the for the for the mobile space they could do it and not ruling it out but it just seemed unlikely mm. nvidia i mean <laughs> there was a lot of nvidia seemed a little bit more likely because i mean they wanted arm right <laughs> they wanted arm uh you know people are like well they have five 
50 trillion dollars to spend you know jensen's the kind of guy that might just want to do that even though the margins on the x86 pcs are nothing like gpus i mean you can get much more profit on a gpu than again for for a for a cpu Mm. uh but you know it was more along the lines of you know jensen does what jensen wants (laughs) (laughs) and it might happen so um you know they tried back in the day and intel shut them down uh, they tried getting into CPUs back in the day. Intel shut them down. So right. and they already have uh, Grace Hopper too. So they're working on CPUs. So yeah, they are. Hmm. Um, interesting. You know, it would be inter- yeah, it would be fun and interesting. But um, I mean, and once again, if if anything, I mean, the more players that get into this space, the more Microsoft needs to to make sure it, it pushes their end as well, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, and it yeah. plays into that whole diversity argument. So it, maybe it is true. I don't know. Yeah, well, but we, it's- we got a couple of good questions. Um, a uh, friend of the show, Davina, uh, asks, uh, is is Samsung's Exynos range still a viable competitor to S- Snapdragon, in your opinion? Ah, as far as I know, nothing's been sort of geared towards the PC space. Exynos mm-hmm. has always been sort of a ship that's been sort of geared outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. I mean, my understanding is that it's been, you know, they sort of looked at it for Korea, and then they, I think they've actually phased it out as far as it's that the phones are concerned. I don't yeah, think there is yeah. an Exynos chip anymore. Mm-hmm. Um Good question, but I would say it's probably a long shot. So okay, and then uh, one Gordon. Yeah, it never, it never even, they never even put Exynos in their flagship uh, Samsung phones here in the U.S. They yeah. use Qualcomm all the way. Yeah, right. Uh, and then, then Gordon has a question that that somebody else had earlier as well. Uh, did they talk anything about uh, ha- having these Qualcomm chips in uh, handheld game game devices? Obviously, you know the the Steam Deck or the ROG Ally that that kind of great question probably one we should have asked but no nothing no mention of that to my knowledge at all mm. so yeah okay yeah that's a good point i mean but the, they were showing at least gaming so it it, it could potentially be viable uh, yeah i mean there was no demo room that we got to walk in and play these things it was just mm. this little montage of various games and i was just you know trying to take notes as quickly as i could so those are the ones i remember um but you know nothing too um you know, intensive, graphics intensive, just more along the lines. If there was a first person game it was from a few years ago or, mm. you know, some of those third person games, like again, Baldur's Gate three was probably the one that stood out for me. Hmm. So yeah. Can you imagine like a Steam Deck style device running um uh, ARM chip? You'd have to run the compatibility layer to get the games running, then the other compatibility layer to get it running on Linux and just <laughs> That's a, that's a lot of detours. And one of the things I should say is that they ran benchmarks on Linux there, and Linux actually performed a lot better than Windows. So oh. uh, they did run. One of the things they showed during their presentation was that one against the Core i9, and that was Geekbench running on top of Linux. Hmm. So, hmm. yeah. Okay. Uh, Gordon also adds, uh, my guess is the lack of HX parts is AMD has always had a harder time penetrating mobile. So, you know, maybe maybe that that's where Qualcomm sees they're in is more thinner lighter laptops rather than the the power hungry could be i mean i was thinking of amd as like a higher uh higher performance in cpu but lesser battery life so you know Mm -hmm. okay uh well we we have a a couple more things to to go on here uh anything else about the the qualcomm stuff we didn't cover that you wanted to no, I kind of felt like I I beat it to okay beat right. it to death anyway. <laughs> well, I know that was good. That was good. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, speaking of beating stuff to death, uh, have you heard of this thing called the M3? It was it was weird. They came out with the M1 and then the M2. I was wondering what they were going to call the next one, but it, they just call it M3. It's it's so easy. It just writes itself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. So you stayed up because they had their event late last night for us on the West Coast. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't really watch these events anymore, but you did watch the event. Uh, t- tell us about the M3 and 
yeah, all the greatness so for, that it's going to bring. I know. So first of all, they had the very spooky theme. I'm almost Ooh. not sure exactly why they, <clears throat> they did it at night and why they did it with the whole spooky theme. But, you know, they did. They even had scary a little fog fest. effects and everything. It's <laughs> scary, and scary fest. fest. <laughs> exactly. Um, Tim Cook was out there, not dressed up. Um, so there we go. Lame. Just, just like Tim Cook. Um, so yeah, the M3, <laughs> so the M3, um, is going to be the, the, what's going to power the new MacBook Pro. I think there actually have been some talk about doing, um, this being go- going into desktops too, but that really didn't materialize too much, although they have the, the, the all in one that they're talking about. So the M3, um, again, ARM, uh, this is a three nanometer process. Actually, Qualcomm, I didn't mention before, was four nanometer. Mm. Um, it's the, and I'm going to leverage a little bit from from Macworld just because they they kind of compile it together, and I'm I'm, I'm lazy. So I mean, it's what uh, they do. It's literally in the do. name Macworld. So you know, uh, A17 Pro architecture. Um, um, the CPU cores are 15% faster than the M2, 30% faster than the M- M1. Efficiency cores are 30% faster than the M2, 50% faster than the M1. That's sort of the architecture. There mm. are three chips. There is the M3. The M3 Pro and the M3 Max. Of course, speculation is that there's an M3 Ultra sort of waiting out there in the wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the M3 is eight CPU cores, four P cores, four E cores, 10 core GPU. Um, has, has that changed from the M- M2 or is it the same? No, count? that one I think is the same. Okay. Uh, but the M2, sorry, the M3 Pro has changed. Mm. Uh, we're looking there at 12 CPU cores, 6 P cores, 6 E cores. The M2 Pro had 8 P cores and 4 E cores, so mm. they're evening it out a, bit, a, a little bit more. Uh, 18 GPU cores, which is one less than the M2 Pro, uh, but it is also supposedly 10% faster than the M2, 40% faster than the uh, GPU and the M1. Hmm. Um, if you take the specs apart, uh, it's looking like the Pro also has a smaller memory bus, goes from 256 to 192. Right. Yeah, somebody mentioned that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't I didn't note that down, but you're right. It, it does look like a, mem- a smaller memory bus. Um the difference between the M1 and the M3, sorry, the M3 and the M3 Pro is the M3, the base M3 supports one external display, the M3 Max and the Pro both support two to four displays, which I guess if you're a content creator matters. Mm. Um, so I talked about the M3 Pro. The M3 Max is the big one. It has 16 CPU cores, 12 P cores, four E cores. 40 GPU cores, which is two more than the M2 Max. I didn't actually note the uh, number of transistors, but there's like, I don't know. <laughs> 26 oh, billion. Lot. Yeah, 25 billion in the M3 oh, at least. I was close. Yeah, okay. 5 billion more <laughs> than the funny. M2. So I think the Max gets up to 92 billion, which I didn't actually do the math. I'm like comparing it to Titanium, but I mean... That is a lot of transistors. I mean, they, they love throwing around big numbers like that. Yeah. Uh, the, probably the scariest news, uh, I don't know if he's trolling us here, but the scariest news in the chat is Gordon says he's watching the stream on an M1 MacBook. That's scary, <laughs> that Gordon. Scary. You chilled me to my bones, if that's true. Uh, His meds well, are making him loopy. <laughs> well, I, interesting... I, no, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, the, the one interesting thing that I remember from noting there was that, and I think somebody else mentioned this as well, is that it does AV1 decoding but not encoding, which I thought was a really odd omission, but there you go. Hasn't it always been like that? It could be. No, yeah, they're really new. leaning new. more oh, to new. ProRes. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, I could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, please. Go ahead. Uh, the bigger jump is the GPU more than the CPU. Uh-huh. Uh, not only does it have the AV1 decoding, which is new, sadly, it doesn't have AV1 encoding, 
because you know that's largely where the PC has moved, yeah. and you would think content creators would like that, but they, it yeah, did I misspeak? Yeah, no encoding, but decoding. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it also has a support for ray tracing and mesh shaders. So uh, five years after the RTX 20 series, <laughs> Apple's got up. Sweet. I mean, for all those games you want to play on your MacBook. That's actually, it's actually really impressive <laughs> in laptops. I think yeah. Intel's the only other one that's shipping DirectX 12 fully compatible, but I'm not sure. Okay. With iGPU. Huh. So, yeah. and yeah, they, they, they announced new MacBook Pros that these are going mm-hmm. into, and then iMacs. Uh, and some yep. new new colorways. Fifteen ninety nine to thirty one ninety nine for the fourteen inch, and twenty four ninety nine to thirty nine ninety nine for the sixteen inch. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, I, I mean, lots uh, of money. I'm I'm a professional, so I'm going to assume that they want the the M3 Pro to be something I would look at. You know, because Pro is short for professional, so I, I think that's, that's right. the one I would look at. Well. Yeah. No, yep. <laughs> and of course, there's a new color too, which is the professional model. Oh, yep. black. Yeah, I, I heard space black. Yeah, well, I heard Apple invented black a black laptop. Like they were and the first black. ones to make a black laptop. Like that's <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Good for them. Good yep. job, Mr. Cook. Uh, I, I applaud you for for the big change. <laughs> um, you could have named a scary black if they're doing scary fast. I, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well, so now they just need to get to RGB. That's 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 all I need. And then all of a sudden, right. I'll, I'll be a MacBook user. I was actually hoping for a, a space orange, actually, <laughs> for it to come space out. Orange. You know, <laughs> actually, orange would be kind of cool. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I mean, so one of the things I did see around, and I, I don't know if you noticed this, but a lot of the, I guess, supposedly from what I've heard, a lot of their charts were comparing it to the M1, not the mm-hmm. M2. Right. So it, it made made things look. More well, I mean, we've way. seen that with Intel, right? Yeah, so yeah. you always compare it, like, guess the, oh, it's the, the, the PC that you bought it five years ago, and look how great it is now. I mean, so, you know, that's just kind of tried and true, I suppose. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's not just Intel, it's everybody. When NVIDIA rolled out the 40 series compared mm-hmm. to the 20 series, et cetera. Got it, got that it. being said, I did find the timing of this uh, interesting, the fact that it was 8 o'clock at night on the East Coast, 5 o'clock on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. They've never done that before, at least mm-hmm. not in the 10 or so years that or 15 or so years that I've been uh, geez, I'm old, uh, covering these kinds of things. And uh, it kind of feels to me like the CPU side of things is kind of hitting that, you know, mid-era Intel kind of years, where now it's like, hey, you know, the M3, it's 15% faster. I mean, it's what so you expect, Unfortunately, they had right? the GPU yeah. to hang its head on. Yeah, but they made such big leaps with the M1, and then the M2 was a big leap over the M1. This is the first where it feels like, hey, we're starting to hit the iterative leaps. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I agree with that. Yeah, I'm not sure of the timing either. I was originally the suggestion was that they were trying to rope in the Asian audience, uh, which would make sense, but there was nothing explicitly geared towards Asia in that that I saw. So it was just kind of mad to me. I wonder if they're doing it at night to be like, eh, <laughs> it's not in the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, I, the 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 last piece of of laptop CPU news here to talk about is that there there's been some Meteor Lake leaks. Uh, well, I guess this first one isn't a leak, but the uh, I guess uh, there there's been a couple Meteor Lake laptops that have been listed. Um, Lenovo Yoga uh, models specifically. Uh, I'm reading over at a WCCF Tech. Uh, they kind of noted some online retailers posting some 
some Lenovo yoga models with meteor lake chips in them, uh, a, a core ultra five and a core ultra seven. Uh, but then, uh, the, the leak that happened the, the next day that WCCF tech is what I'm reading, uh, reporting on is a uh, geek bench numbers showing mm. 5.1 gigahertz CPU, uh, performance. Is that, um, and then, yeah, they, they are actually showing the, the actual scores and, uh, let's see, the, the single core score kind of falls in line with, uh, let me find, they've got a big list here, uh, the 13900HK, so, mm-hmm. you know, the one of the one of the top end. And then the multi, multi-core score uh, lines up with about a 12950HX. Um, so, I mean, what, what, what do you think? Is, is that impressive or do you think it's just like, huh, okay. It is Geekbench 5, so it's an older version. Not quite yeah. sure why, but... Right. Mark, what, yeah, what was your take? I, 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 I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the, you know, I'm <laughs> okay at this point in time. I mean, you know, we, we really just have to see how everything plays out. I mean, there's a lot of chips being dumped into that bucket that's going to land in our lap on, you know, in 2024. Uh, <laughs> with you know, uh, you know, we still got to see if what if if and when AMD's got anything planned. Um, you know, we have to. Uh, they're having an event, you know, in December, which I don't think is under embargo. Uh, or NDA. Um, there, you know, we have Meteor Lake, we have the Qualcomm stuff. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing it. I'm, I'm enthused, I guess, a little bit for the fact that, you know, when Meteor Lake came out, the fact that it was sort of a tick and not a talk, you know, the performance, the IPC improvements weren't all going to be that hot. Um, you know, anything that pushes the needle forward as far as performance is concerned certainly satisfies that part of me that wants to see you know you know wants to try out 14th gen gaming laptops and stuff like that um so yeah like i said you always have to take these things with a with a with a, some you know a little bit of salt mm-hmm. uh because you're not sure if it's true or not but yeah I, I, yeah i mean I, I, it was it was interesting but not you know really jaw-dropping hmm. so brad anything you think I- we can uh glean from this uh, most of the Meteor Lake stuff we've seen so far have been like mid-range focused, right? So I think uh, you know if it can hit the same IPC and multi-thread scores as the higher-end gaming SKUs from this current generation, like you know that's cool, that's good. Uh, I, I will say I'll clarify real quick. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't say this earlier. Uh, the 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 Geekbench scores that I listed were from a Core Ultra Nine eighteen five H. So if oh, uh, right. I mean yeah so so it it is theoretically I mean see the, the ultra nine so I'm going to assume it's the the highest end that they're going to have I don't really know the numbering if <laughs> so what one is going to be series one and then eighty five H is going to denote I don't know it it's, it kind of so lines up with what core ultra five seven and nine in place of core i seven i5 i7 and yeah yeah so yeah. still confusing on that yeah. end but it, it seems like this chip in the leak is one of the higher-end SKUs. Um, I the, think uh, it's hard to tell with Geekbench. I'm not a big fan of Geekbench. There's a reason why Geekbench <laughs> scores are always what leaks, because you can't mm-hmm. really drink too much real-world stuff from it. <laughs> uh, but again, between uh, this kind of performance being about the same level as last-gen and uh, the desktop chips, Raptor Lake, being about the same performance as last-gen, last I'm curious to see how popular these are when they land, and I'm curious to see if AMD is able to leap ahead in the next few mm-hmm. months as well. Right. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's really all. I, that's really all I can draw from a geek bench league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I I do think I do think there is an avenue to be very interesting. I mean, obviously, we we don't know anything, you know, and this is just a, a small little window into something. But we have talked about the idea of okay, do or at least for me, even if it's the same amount of performance, but if they can really deliver on efficiency like they're talking about, then like, oh, okay, I'm willing to take a, you know, a relatively stable line in terms of performance because I already feel like these laptops are, are pretty damn performant. But if, if you can deliver on the efficiency part of it mm. and also the new disaggregated architecture, I mean, that's going to probably have its own headaches. But I mean, the efficiency angle, I mean for big heavy content creation laptops or gaming laptops probably not going to be a huge thing but i still think you know in the 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 handheld gaming devices that that's where it's going to be very interesting uh and that they could really play against amd there because if if they can if they can keep that performance up but then really tackle that efficiency and and have a a better gpu or i'm sorry integrated uh gpu in there then like that's where i i get kind of excited I will say that. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, you can go ahead. Okay. Um, You know, I will say that, you know, one of the things that, uh, there's a couple of things that came to mind when you were saying that. Um, One of the things that Acer had sent us a, and actually I think Matt Smith reviewed it for us, um, a Swift Edge. Uh, I don't know if you can actually see this too well. Anyways, anyways, this is a Swift Edge. This is one of the the 7000 series. It actually supposedly has AI, but right up there at the top, right near the screen is a fan grill and this is an ordinary just a generic old productivity laptop and this is one of the first times in recent memory that i've heard a fan really scream uh you know you do with benchmarks and so forth but this this was a uh, th- this is unfortunately one of amd's uh i want to say weaknesses but when you when you trade off that higher cpu power you're getting you know additional f- fan noise with it too and and, and this was not uh, a a soft fan it was a mm. loud aggressive fan <laughs> and you know i think i <laughs> the fact that i was a little shocked that i guess is testament to the fact that i've looked at enough uh laptops recently where the fan noise has been low the performance has been fairly high so you know amd might in fact deliver higher performance but there's going to be there may be some fan noise along goes along with that and 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 I wouldn't say necessarily on paper that makes a difference, but in real life it kind of does. Um, the interesting, interesting, interesting thing that I, I didn't mention before, but one of the things I was doing was actually testing that Swift Edge because it has uh, a chip on it that supposedly has Ryzen AI. And what if for whatever reason, Windows does not detect the NPU, uh, and AMD's specs say that Ryzen AI is available. Um, I'm not sure if that's like a a loophole that means it's not enabled or I need to just turn on a specific bias for it or bios for it. Hmm. Um, but I was a little bit intrigued by the fact that we do have AI out, but only uh, the arm stuff is being detected by at least the Procyon benchmark. So hmm. does that mean there's overhead in the future that could come out? I'm not sure. I just thought that was kind of an interesting point that, you know, I hadn't noticed earlier. Interesting, interesting. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, yeah, still lots to come out. I I really, I mean, I I think you had mentioned this as well, but I I mean, I I think we're going to get a lot of information during CES, uh, (laughs) you know, kind of dumped. Obviously, the Meteor Lake has a launch of, what was it, December 12th or 15th or 17th? I Mm -hmm, I can't remember mm -hmm. the exact date, but I'm sure we'll get a lot more information uh, during during CES. Uh, 
yeah because it's it's crazy it just really does feel like all of a sudden like oh man this new laptop cpu battleground is 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 heating up like well, i guess my my last major question is okay does any of this translate to the desktop did did qualcomm talk about the desktop at all nope in fact they specifically mentioned it's going to be laptop so that was obviously the question that people asked and they said nope we have no plans for desktop at this point so they didn't rule it out in the future but right now it's 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 laptops only and not gaming just prosumer consumer laptops well do, so. do we think do we think there is a place for arm on the desktop Let's just see. I think it's a, too early to say. Let's mm. see what it does in the, in the in the laptop space, and then go from there. Mm. Um, you know, I guess you could always just tack on additional cores. Uh, you could, you know, up the TDP. I don't know. You know, uh, you know, when they're talking about going up and down the stack with TDP, I don't know if there's an actual what the limit is for that. Because I mean, you know, you, you shouldn't be able to take that little chip and <clears throat> run it on 400 watts, and you know. Uh, I just don't. I don't see Let's that. What I could be doing. wrong. What's that? <laughs> That's what Intel's doing on the desktop. Maybe so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I, don't know. I I think Gordon uh, sums it up uh, nice right here. Uh, don't buy your new laptop until 2024. If you're in the market for a laptop, you know, unless you can find a real smoking good deal uh, uh, during Black Friday, in which we, we do cover deals yeah, on, on the site. Don't get our Black Friday coverage. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but. Uh, yeah, 2024 is, uh, I don't know, though, then I, then again, I do feel like a lot of this is so new that I don't know if I would want to be a first-gen adopter on a lot of this stuff either. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want to be a first-gen adopter, and I suspect that a lot of this is showing up in $1,000-plus laptops. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so ne- never mind. I take it back. Look for really good Black Friday deals uh, on current right. parts that are out there now. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move over to getting angry. I, I, I feel I've got a crowbar. I got a crowbar here in my hands, uh, so I'm I'm ready to get angry. Uh, no, I'm just gonna. I, I I I yeah. No. So we brought up this idea to talk about getting angry at game devs, and I, I know we've talked about it over the past couple months uh, in a lot of places and for a lot of reasons, but there's been two specific scenarios uh, that I think we can talk about. And funny enough, they're both kind of completely different scenarios. Uh, the first one is city skylines. Um, Mark, you said you're a big fan of city skylines. The, uh, and you, you tried out the new one. What, what's your experience been like for the new one? Yeah. So first of all, it launched when I was in, in Hawaii. So I, I, you know, I don't know about the status of like hotel broadband, but I was, mm-hmm. I was a little concerned that, you know, I was going to get, you know, nicked for like trying to download too many gigabytes over the hotel Wi-Fi. But I did actually just do it because nice. I just wanted to see what it was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of hundred, I don't know how many, maybe it's, I don't know how many hundred hours I have in, in City Skylines 1. And the reason I was pissed off at myself, and it, not necessarily the developers, but myself, is because they had a humble bundle uh, with all the DLC for City Skylines 1. And it was just like, I should have just grabbed that. It was like 20 bucks and would have given me everything because I've, I've gotten a few, but not all of them. But yeah, City Skylines 2. Um, first of all, if you, my understanding is if you bought it, um, so, so first of all, the, the initial performance, they said that they would, they were, they were, they were disappointed with their initial performance. They were not going to hit their initial performance targets. The developers. And the other, right. The developers. And the other thing for me was the fact that they were going to um, not allow access to the steam workshop, which if anyone knows city skylines was the way that um, 
people got around the DLC. I mean, not only were there mods that, you know, improved traffic flow, but there are assets like props all over the place. Like there were some people who played City Skylines that design it for to, to design a functioning city and they're more interested in how traffics interact uh, traffic interacts and they're interested in doing uh interchanges and complex interchanges and, and multiple island scenarios and so forth and you know that's the kind of the way i play um but there are a lot of people who really like it was more like a train set like they really wanted to like put trees specific places there were custom assets for like dunkin donuts and kfc and people were like all right you know, there. i gotta their play own, this game <laughs> yeah creating their own little custom little city and it was it's really cool and it takes up a lot of memory when you do that uh, i mean low times get into the minutes and you know the fact that when you're looking at just city skylines one and the performance you get a hit just on that, and then you get into City Skylines two, and the performance is is slow at launch, and the patches that are being deployed that improve the performance hit Steam first. Now the reason I'm not on Steam on this one is the fact that you can get it through Game Pass, and so I'm essentially it's a try before you buy type thing where you can get it on Game Pass, you can download it, you can play it there, and then later, you know, once they fix everything, you can get it on Steam. But the thing is, is that if you get it on Steam and you don't have access to the Steam Workshop, they're doing it through their own, uh, their own sort of uh, workshop. I don't know. It's kind of a it's it is a mess. I mean, I'm mad at myself. I'm kind of mad at the devs. I'm not too mad at the devs because I haven't paid for it. I mean, I'm not going to pre-order or any of that sort. But so it is kind of Game like Pass. yeah, the Game Pass. But I mean, they 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 did such a wonderful job leading up to it with the developer diaries and explaining how everything was going to work. And then about a couple of weeks before the launch, they dropped the fact that it wasn't going to hit their performance targets. It was not going to be on the Steam Workshop. And I was just like. You know, we don't necessarily cover. You know, we're not a city skylines publication, but I was like, "Geez, well, I mean, that's the gotcha, right? That's the thing that they left out." And this is like he kind of undermined all of their efforts that they had done beforehand. And I know that the devs are conscientious, and in fact, they have done a nice job on City Skylines ones and iterating over years to improve it. But it was just like, ah, now I have to wait for at least six months to a year before it's in a usable state. So that's why I was like, well, I should have just been playing City Skylines 1. I should have bought all the DLC and have a happy little time doing that. So I was kind of like, well, yeah. So I was just like... Did, you know. did, did they talk... I mean, how, how did they get here? It sounds like if, you're, if what you're saying is that the run-up to it was, was all, you know, like seemed all good and just like, oh, the wow, run-up was cool. great. Yeah, so, the run-up was fantastic. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, crap, we didn't hit our performance targets. I mean... Like how how do you how do you get to something like that? Does that does that mean they needed more time, and and the publisher was like, "Nah, you got to get it out now." Does that mean like they're willing to just put it out there and then like fix it later? Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you 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 know as well as I do. I mean, you know, there's always that. I guess that 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 looming um, presence of the publisher who wants that wants to get a game out on a certain date, and I mean, I, I, and I'm not as knowledgeable about game development as as other things so i'm not sure exactly what went on here but you know could they have held the game for for three more months and worked out some of these bugs and improved the performance sure would that have meant they missed the holiday 
Yes, they would. So, you know, I'm not sure it's necessarily a publisher hanging over their heads, but, you know, if they want to hit those, you know, I have $50 burning a hole in my Steam gift card and I want to go ahead and put something out, you know, buy something on it, you know, they want that game to be one of the things that people buy. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's not something that I want to know the ins and outs of. It's just the fact that all I know is that there's a cool game out there. I want to play it. The performance is choppy and not great. And, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, it's like the Christmas, you know, it's like I get to see the the Christmas present behind the glass and I don't get to open it or I do. And it's just kind of disappointing. So I don't know. I, well, I'll put this another way. Brad, who who should I get mad at? I ask this question all the time, but like who in this in this uh, scenario, who should I get mad at? I would just shrug and say that sucks and then go play another game. <laughs> even if yeah, you put your heart pretty in... chill <laughs> I, have, I put off cyberpunk just for this reason i mean i still have never played it yeah. so i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna go to Same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go play cyberpunk now it's awesome uh i definitely get the frustrations uh of the two examples we're going to talk about this is the one that i think i can understand why people are irritated at the developers more so uh i think it's good on the developers that they at least put out that warning like hey if performance matters to you, we're not going to hit that. But I'm seeing in the review copies and stuff like that, they actually recommended to reviewers, hey, put all the graphic settings to low kind of a deal if you want to have stable frame rates. Ooh. And I think they just got too ambitious. They're not a huge team. Uh, and city builders and games like that are notoriously like resource intensive. I think they just overshot, which sucks. But Again, don't get mad. Don't yell at folks online. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm frustrated, but I'm not going to take it out anyway. Yeah. 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 I yeah. Mean... Leave, leave people alone on Twitter, just to anybody watching. Just never target a game developer. You can yell at this game studio's handle if you want, but there's still someone reading that on the other side. But, yeah, it really stinks because City Skylines rocks. I don't have anywhere near as many hours as Mark has into it, but I played it a bunch with my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, when it first came out, it was what everything we wanted SimCity to be and wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I was kind of bummed seeing this as well. Uh, but, you know, I'm actually not mad about it. I don't mind it because this year has been so stocked with games to begin with. I have, like, no time to play anything. So if I got to wait six months to a year for them to figure this out, that's just kind of better for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I definitely fall in that same camp as well. And, and honestly, uh, you know, I can understand that with the, the cyberpunk thing as well. I mean, there's even people here in the... Um, in the chat that are like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm waiting to go play back to cyberpunk to let the, the, the bugs fix out. But yeah. So I, I guess there's a couple things here. Like should, should we, should we be okay with the fact that developers are allowed to put out games that, uh, you know, are, are broken and then just assume that they'll fix it in six months. Don't buy it unless it's fixed. Mm-hmm. You should be okay with this. The same as anything, if, you know, <laughs> Car manufacturers can put out cars that run wonky as heck, but then nobody will buy them. Don't buy them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with your wallet, essentially, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely well, we a- also run – you run into the hype cycle too. I mean, you know um, – God, who develops the Grand Theft Auto games? Rockstar? Rockstar. I mean, Rock, yeah. I mean, you know, Rockstar, you can criticize like, you know, GTA Five all you want for like, you know, existing on that small little island. But it's a it was a it was a fairly smooth polished game. You know, Red Dead Redemption Two, it was my pandemic life you know, lifesaver. I mean, that was just a beautiful game, serene, an incredible amount of depth. 
Um, you know, and they took years to develop it, but they also didn't necessarily say when they started it and when it was going to, I mean, you don't have that ongoing hype cycle. You know, if you have updates and so forth and you engage with fans, the problem with that is, is that people start expecting you to deliver on your commitments. You know, when is it, when is it, when is it? If you simply say, ah, we're developing blah, 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 and they don't talk about it for seven years. Sure. People want to know where it is. People may start to say it's vaporware or it's hype, but when it comes out, you can be sure that you're happy with it. Um, you know, the exception to that, of course, is, you know, <laughs> since you're wearing a Valve costume, I mean, you know, where is Half-Life 3, you know? It's not coming out, right? Coming. I mean, it could, but I would expect it to be really good if it ever does. <laughs> well, yeah, no. So, okay, let's walk through a couple different scenarios. I, I, I feel like either the developers... I mean, obviously, if they're coming out before the game is releasing and, and trying to get ahead of the fact that performance isn't there right now, they're aware of it, right? They didn't try to, like, uh, at least be like, oh, no, no, everything's cool here. Everything's cool. Just buy it. It's fine. Uh, so they did try to get ahead of it because they obviously knew that there was performance problems. So so either either they felt it was okay to release a bad game and be like, ah, we'll just fix it later, right? Well... Don't I wouldn't say bad game. I'd say poorly optimized okay. game. Uh, or, or or just yeah, like ha- having struggle to run. Not a bad game. Yeah, I haven't played it. Uh, or on the flip side, I mean the the another possible solu- uh, thing they could have run into is they're like the the actual developers could have been like, oh crap, it's not in the state that we want. We need more time. And the publisher was like, no, we just need to put it out. You just just fix it later. We no matter what, we need to put it out. So uh, I mean, unless unless we know, which we don't know. And I, I I don't think they're coming going to come out and, and say, regardless, like those are two completely different scenarios, I feel like, and two different ways to get angry if you want to get angry, which I, I don't think you should. <laughs> but, you know, like the, with the lack of information, we just don't know. Like, well, uh, I mean, City Skylines came out in like 2013, 2015. It's been around yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. And developing a whole new game, even if it's built on the thing takes real money especially when you're paying developers and artists and stuff like that they may have just reached the point where it's like hey man as popular as city skylines is people buy it for five to ten dollars on sales these days we need yeah. some money in the bank <laughs> right? skylines so, wasn't that great when it first came out i mean there was a lot of features no. that you don't have that they didn't have i mean one lane uh you couldn't reverse the the roads uh i don't think they had tunnels <laughs> you know stuff like that you know i mean things that we take for granted now so you know i am willing to give them some slack uh but you know, you kind of expect, well, I don't know. Leaves a sour taste. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I trust them a lot more. I trust Colossal a lot more to eventually write the ship than I do the folks behind Cabral Space Program, too. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but I, I mean, I think that that is the other thing. And, and you stated before, like, hey, if, if you didn't pre-order, like you didn't already invest in it, then just wait. You've got plenty. Of, you probably have had plenty of other games. Do you really need to like waste your time and effort just to get angry? You know, like just just wait or or go mm-hmm. back play City Skylines one or 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 oh hey you know what if it if it is you know like so maybe you have access to Game Pass maybe just dabble in it there and then buy it later. I you know mm-hmm. I I don't know that like I don't know. Yeah, I I personally I mean I'm I'm not a, a fan of, of this game or this, these kind of games. So like I'm not going to get angry anyway. But like I just. I don't know. I I just feel like there's there's already so many games out there. Like, regardless of how excited I am about something, even if it, it comes out and just like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I got plenty of other games to play. 
It would be a different story in a world without Game Pass or Epic's free games or things like that because we just have so many choices. But if I had to shell out 50 or 60 bucks and that was my game for three months because that was my budget, yeah, I would be a lot more upset. Yeah. Yeah. Well, All I know is that I want to benchmark Qualcomm Snapdragon X Elite with this game now. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, two, and, two and, frames. Or yeah, it'll come with a, a paper bag, brown paper bag. <gasps> um, <laughs> so on the on the opposite side of the coin is Alan Wake Two. There's been a lot of people angry about Alan Wake Two. A lot of people hopping on their pony, just riding off into the sunset, uh, saying, "This, de- I can't believe these devs. They're insulting me." It's, they're not letting me play it on my older hardware, or even the newest hardware is only able to get you know X amount of performance. How dare they? Are they, is Brad? What, what's going on? Is are the developers so lazy that they just didn't bother optimizing it, or are they just in the the, the pocket of big Nvidia and they're just trying to push Nvidia <laughs> GPUs? Like what the hell's going on here, Brad? Well, I mean, NVIDIA was on that podcast we did with the graphics, lead it's graphics true. programmer it's true. Remedy the other day. So maybe yeah. they are. Maybe we are. Like, we're here in disguise. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we are not. We are not, no, to be clear. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is the total opposite of City Skylines. City Skylines, I think, is just they were overambitious for the team size that they had and the kind of game that they had. In this case, people are getting mad. And honestly, I think it's kind of ridiculous because this is pushing every possible graphics technology to the cutting edge that we have available right now. And I think that's great. I I, I love to see games that push the envelope. Uh, if you go back and watch the interview that we did with the folks from Remedy, uh, they made a really great point where, you know, we made this to run on the consoles too. So, yes, if you want to have path tracing, if you want to have ray reconstruction, if you want to have generated frames, if you want to have all this stuff, uh, you can on the PC, but the game still runs good on more modest hardware or runs decent on more modest hardware. And even the low settings look pretty good. Like even the low settings do look pretty good. <laughs> well, uh, so yes, we, we, we have a, an interview that we did uh, last week. Uh, go, go back and watch it. Uh, uh, like I, I think at least for me, I have never talked to the developers at Remedy uh before i mean i I rarely talk to developers to say the truth so like it was it was kind of fun to interview them and even though i don't really know anything about it like even the question the the simple questions i was able to ask uh you know i i got kind of a feel and one of the things they talked about we we talked about app optimization we talked about you know how, how they determine minimum spec and you know running on older hardware and take it with a grain of salt you don't need to believe them but the the way that they answered it to me was like Oh, well, we just didn't think about that. We built the game we wanted to build and then f- figured it out later, you know, to be like, oh, okay, well, what can we get it to, to run on, you know, uh, in, in an acceptable fashion? And obviously there could have been all the, the, the time and money in the world to get it to run, you know, even better on, on even lower end hardware. But th- I, for me personally, that's awesome. Like build the game you want to build be allowed to push the bleeding edge there's not that many developers out there who focus on the pc anymore you know like who are just like hey you know what we're going to take advantage of the pc and we're we're going to push the, the 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 bleeding edge of it like i would say celebrate that don't don't get angry 
like yeah maybe that sucks it that you're you're uh you're excited about it and you want to play it and you're not going to be able to get good performance on what you have but i mean this the same kind of thing happened with crisis right where like back in the day that was like oh man i can't believe my my pc can't run crisis i can't wait to upgrade it you know and maybe ne- maybe now i can run crisis it, it was exciting back then but now it's like no oh, man i now now you're making me upgrade my pc just to play this game how dare you like it, it feels yeah. like a a weird like wait i you know i don't know i and yeah. I think what they said applies to City Skylines as well, like you were saying. Like, we got it running. It runs on consoles. It runs pretty good. Low looks pretty good. We could spend more time making it run even better on lower, but we're not made of infinite money. We're small. Like, Remedy is a fairly medium-sized developer, I would say. Like, a smaller, a larger independent developer. So, you know, it does take time and money. Well, yeah. And so, I mean, the, like... Okay. And I, I've, seen, I've seen people getting mad because... It was originally coming out that it can't run on like the 5700 and 10 series mm-hmm. uh, because they don't have support for mesh shaders. Mm-hmm. This is the mm-hmm. first game ever to fully support mesh shaders. It turns out they can; they just run terribly. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's kind of like, kind of like ray tracing on 10 series. You, you can, yeah, they, they, yeah. <laughs> but it's not going to run exactly well. right. But you got to remember these DirectX 12 Ultimate compatible GPUs—they're like six, seven, eight years old now. Like. To me, it's reasonable to... This is, again, the first game. To me, it's reasonable to build a game around a technology that's been out for seven years and is, in fact, built into the new consoles right now. So, to me, people complaining about it won't run on my older GPU, like the 5700 specifically, I would probably get more irritated at AMD than I would get mad at Remedy because they should have built in those DirectX 12 Ultimate features that NVIDIA did, but AMD didn't in that same generation. Yeah, I uh, like I I am I'm on the opposite side of the outrage pony here. Like I I feel like like oh wow, this is this is awesome. Let let them make I the game it. they want to they yeah, may, let them make the game they want to make and if it pushing bleeding edge hardware that, that means it's something that we can continue to revisit from years now and be like, "Oh man, look at this. This is crazy. This is still using all the bleeding edge stuff and I mean, who who knows, you know, like a lot of the people throw around the term optimization like oh they should have optimized it better they should have done this they should have done that i i don't know anything about development you know i mean taking taking them at their word they were like okay we, we just didn't have enough time and resources and may, maybe they'll do some more post launch um but at the same time like okay this is this is this is one game and I, i'm i'm okay with one game wanting to just be the the bleeding edge kind of scenario there to be like man this is what can really happen on the the pc maybe here's another way to think about it there's not that many games anymore that you can uh that you can run on your pc if you have high-end hardware uh that that you can look at consoles and be like look i'm i'm so much better than you right (laughs) and i know i don't know if gordon's still here in the chat but i i feel like he would probably feel the same way of like hey don't we want more games that we can rub in the nose of console gamers (laughs) Isn't that? Well, I think I think the one thing that I took away from the Alan Wake thing was the fact that <clears throat> so if you're talking about the leap from one city builder, <clears throat> excuse me, from one city builder generation to the other, I still think of them as essentially the same game. Um, whereas I know there's a little bit more complexity, some of the back end modeling is different and so forth. But I, I was a little bit, I think people were shocked by the fact that you know City Skylines, the City Skylines Two, is essentially a city building game, and that's not that big of a leap in terms of conceptual gaming mm-hmm. it's a little bit different with alan wake 
only because, first of all, I was <laughs> just recalling the fact that I think I, could, I got about a third of the way through it and then I hit a wall. I, I think I couldn't get past something or I stopped. The or first one or so the I, second I, one? The first one. First I have one. To, okay. I have to, yeah. Um, but the, the thing that always struck me with Alan Wake is the fact that the first game was designed before ray tracing, before a lot of these um, lighting elements were talked about. I mean, Alan Wake is essentially a game about light. I mean, you know, that's you're shining a flashlight on things and, and so forth. Um, and so is Alan Wake too, as, as my understanding. I haven't played it. I have a mm-hmm. review code that I haven't actually exercised yet. And now, I mean, we are dealing with ray tracing. We're dealing with, you know, lighting effects. I mean, these are all Pass computationally intensive. Yeah, these are all computationally intensive effects. So it is reasonable to me to expect a game that is essentially where lighting is essentially a fundamental mechanic of the game to require a high-end graphics card to enable all those effects. I mean, that's what it should be. I mean, I'm sh- we're shining light sources around and so forth. So I-, I guess I was, when I saw all the complaints about, you know, Alan Wake 2, I was just like, well, I mean, that's what you kind of signed up for with this game. Uh, it will be a little bit different with something else. I mean, not to mention uh, yeah. the the other end of it is that for me, which I have played about, uh, I think about maybe four hours now, like I'm still mm-hmm. fairly early in, uh, but I, I feel like for me, like I don't, I don't need, like I, th- this isn't a Twitch shooter. This isn't, you know, like, oh, I need to get online and get more more frames win, wins games, whatever. Like, this is this is a a uh, a story experience kind of thing. So I'm I'm okay with sixty. I'm okay with forty. I know that's con- controversial, but you know, for, forty FPS. I don't know. Maybe I play a, a, a lot on handheld, so like forty FPS is like, oh, okay, I'm I'm totally down with that. Even thirty FPS. Like, I I know there's people. Oh my god, don't even do that. But but you know, like it, it's like. It's not in in this scenario in this kind of game, like it, like I don't think this needs to be like you need to expect 120 frame, frames per second or you just can't play this. For me, it's 40. 30 is a little bit too low for me, but 40 I can be happy with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's I think it's kind of the same deal as uh, City Skylines, like kind of not really because again these are two very different things. But City Skylines fans have been waiting for this game for a decade. Alan Wake fans have been waiting for Alan Wake 2 for 13 years at this point. So I think part of it is a lot of the people who played the original and loved it and couldn't wait to play this are like, man, I just can't play that now. I mean, I, 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 I get it. That. I, I, yeah. and, and I totally get that. I like, I totally understand that. But also, I, I hmm. would you rather have the developer not make the game they wanted to make? Because if, 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 if you're taking it at face value and they're saying... That hey, we when we sat down to make this game, we just made the game we wanted to make, and then we figured figured out like okay, well here's the requirements to run it. Would you rather have them not sat down and and done that and said, oh, you know what, we we want to do this forward looking stuff, but we 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 need to we need to we need to tamper it back. Like I, I'm okay with letting them be like, nah, just just go for it, make the game. Depends on the developer. Make. Depends on the developer. I yep. mean, you know, if it's a developer you believe in, let them make that. Let them exercise that creative vision. Well, um, I mean, and, Re- and Remedy has been always like yeah. one of those people to push the bleeding edge. And, right. and once again, they have been one of those developers, yep. one of the last developers that really prioritize the PC, you know? And like, mm-hmm. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, we need more of that. We need more people pushing the boundaries of PC. So like, uh, yeah, that that's what I, I don't appreciate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if it's the new Madden, you know, 
who cares? <laughs> but yeah, with Remedy, I mean, if it's an artistic vision behind it, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. Oh, yeah, he, he, and he, here we go. Work. Gordon is still here. Uh, hi, Gordon. Uh, why do game developers still put consoles first instead of PC gaming if PC gaming is the alpha of gaming? Right? Like, uh, that. that's that's what you're saying. You, you, you're saying that they wish they put the console first, and here they didn't. <laughs> like, yes, they made sure it ran. It ran. I haven't played on console, so I, I don't know how, you know, how it is on console, but like that, I, I don't care. Like, you know, no, no, it's it's kind of the wrong way to look at it. Modern consoles, if you if your PC can't run this, then it's not matching what's in the modern consoles because it needs an SSD. This game because the consoles have it. It needs mesh mm-hmm. shaders because they're based off RDNA two, which has mesh shading support. Uh, it offers these incredible lighting effects and stuff like that because modern consoles do that. So. Uh, I don't know. It, one, there's a lot more consoles out there than gaming PCs. That's mm. the reason they always do that. But two, yes, it really does stink if the 1080 that you've had forever be throughout all these Bitcoin mining booms and busts and weirdness over the last decade is still what you're running. That stinks. I, I hear that, that you can't play it or you can't play it well. But, I mean, at some point it's like, hey, you are running a seven, eight-year-old graphics card. I run games depending upon the interface at this point in time. I mean, I use uh, consoles I would like for the cons- frame rate consistency. And I don't necessarily, I grew up mouse and keyboard in terms of first-person shooter, but I don't play a whole lot of first-person shooters anymore. I'm not sure why. And I like, you know, and then the PC is unparalleled for, you know, uh, RTS, you know. I mean, you just can't do it in a console. Um, so, and I'm a little bit, in an RTS, I'm a little bit more, lenient in terms of frame rate so i don't know i mean i I will probably eventually play alan wake 2 um you know i have a pc code but um you know they sent me they sent me a code for lords of the fallen uh for whatever reason and they said you know if you want a console code go ahead and get in a console and i was just like you know i played elden ring on console if i'm gonna be playing a souls like maybe i should be playing on a console it seems like it's a more it's a better experience so i kind of was like all right well you know i'm not going to review it and mm. i don't really care if you send it to me anyways but if you're going to send me a code just send it to me on console because that's where i'll play it so uh, and there's also chatter about upscaling and like i'm not somebody who snobs about upscaling either like i, I think brad we're in the same mm-hmm. camp where it's like like even if i do have a powerful uh hardware I, I still always turn on like DLSS or FSR, like at the, yeah, the quality so I, setting, because mm-hmm. I mean the what 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 you gain from it is is in my mind worth the trade off of like a, a slight uh, a visual hit. So like yeah, I I don't think that and and honestly, so here's another part of it, um, and I've I've talked about this here as well. Like the the whole DLSS uh, uh, frame gen stuff has has been weird for me. I I haven't played a ton of it, but what when I have used it it just has not felt right and like i understand it's oh you're you're seeing more frames and you're not getting the the latency uh the same latency feeling of it and i, I totally get that and it has been like kind of a, a weird thing to feel and wrap your head around but actually i i have been using it in this and and i don't have that same disconnect because the game is more slower paced and yep. methodical so like this is the first time that i have actually not really noticed that that frame gen is on like it doesn't feel that different uh you know like and i i still think you know if if it's a twitch shooter or something like that that that's still a different story but for here frame gen actually hasn't been bothering me so hmm. yep 
Yeah, I could definitely. It depends on the gameplay style, right? Like, is it the ones that you would feel comfortable playing 30 frames a second are probably the ones where frame gen doesn't matter as much. So that totally makes sense that this game it does. Uh, I forgot what the first part of that was. I was going to respond to it, but my mind just totally blanked. I'm just a dumb ogre. What did you say before that? <laughs> frame gen? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> before the frame gen thing? Yeah. Or up, upscaling. We were talking about up, upscaling. Upscaling. Like, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. One, uh, like Adam said, I'm one to always throw on if a game supports it, uh, DLSS quality mode or FSR quality mode. Check that out. I, I find it sometimes looks better in some aspects. It generally doesn't look worse, and you can gain a little bit of extra performance. So typically I do that just in my personal gaming. Uh, but I think a big part of the controversy here is those minimum specs that they put out, whether recommended specs. Because it made everybody think you have to be running DLSS, you have to be running FSR, and you definitely should if you're struggling with frame rates on lower end or slightly older hardware. Like if you're running a 2060 or something, I would think you would definitely want to have DLSS on. But go look at Hub's roundup of testing of this. Go look at the other performance testing that you see out there. Uh, You don't actually have to have FSR or DLSS on to get... 30 plus frames per second depending on what hardware you're you're gaming on right so give it a shot without it i think the dude that we had uh thomas the guy that we were talking to in the interview mm-hmm. he put out on twitter shortly after the game launched that that's just like the way finish people operate like undersell and over deliver so they're like these are really what we recommend but it's not really like the baseline minimum so people were freaking mm. out over those it's mm. not quite as bad as that chart made it seem hmm. yeah so i don't know i don't know i yeah i i i feel like i seeing all these people get angry i'm just like sitting here like wait what what like i i don't i don't get it you're not an outrage <laughs> pony you're a calm pony <laughs> i'm a calm pony or, or maybe i'm just an out of touch pony i i don't know i or maybe i'm just a, like love remedy too much and they can do no wrong in my eyes i i don't know i you know maybe it's a mixture of all of it but <laughs> yeah i i mean i i mean regardless i have been enjoying the game i do appreciate it and and i i still look forward to you know uh, they're, they're talking about a max Payne uh remakes or whatever yeah. like yeah so i mean yeah <laughs> this is something I, and this ties into something i've said for a while uh BPS Customs, like, sadly rip his channel. But Brian, uh, he actually did have a new video, a video last week. Oh, yeah, he, he, just, have to he sprinkled that out. A, a little one in here. Yeah. Uh, he had a video last year that I thought was really good. It's something I've been saying for years. Turn off your frame rate counter. Like, if you're worried about the performance, turn it off. It's just hard. see how it feels. Because a game like I this, say it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's what I try to do unless I start to notice issues because. If you're staring at that number in the corner and it says 43 frames per second, you're going to be like, oh, this isn't 60 frames per second. But this style of game, this game, something like City Skylines, like turn off that frame rate counter, play it. If you if it doesn't feel good to you, then you turn the frame rate counter on and start playing with settings. Like I, I think you'll find that you can play this game at lower frame rates than what we are all hoping to hit 60 frames per second. But there's games like this don't have to be 60 frames per second. Some people, yes, their eyes freak out, but the vast majority of people, folks, I think are just fine playing that less than that. Yeah. Do you guys turn on frame rate counters like instantly when you guys start a new game or you guys like say, hey, you know what, let me enjoy the intro and all that first and before I you know, go through the specs and whatnot? It's part of the Steam overlay for me, so it's always on. 
Uh, I, I I use Afterburner, and yeah, it, it's always on. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, oh, I have a hard time turning. Mine, mine's the opposite. I purposefully keep them all off. Uh, I want to get there. I want to get there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also because uh, I, pl- I play a lot of games on handheld, and so on the handheld, I'm I'm usually like, okay, what, what you know, how, like I'm going in being like, okay, I, I know I need to tweak it going in, so like I you know sometimes I can turn it off when I'm like okay this is acceptable I'll turn it off and you know only really bring it back up if I really need to. But I'll, I'll say that Adam got to me on that just turning on yeah frame rate counter <laughs> I'm and just sorry, looking I'm at sorry. it. I'm just like, I'm sorry because I was playing uh, the new uh, like a dragon Ishin and then I was yeah. you know because they always have like beautiful intros and whatnot and then i'm just like i turned on afterburner as well i'm like oh wait no the corner of it i'm just looking at it now it's like ah, dang it adam <laughs> no, 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 why i'm sorry, I'm sorry. it's <laughs> it's a it's a blessing and a curse blessing and a curse um anyway you know what else is a, a blessing and a curse q and a q and a i'm just kidding uh if, if, if you have a, if you have a question get them in uh in the chat right now at pc world please that's kind of the easiest way for us to see it uh if you're watching or listening to this later there's a link in the description to discord which you have a channel over there for questions that you can pop in at any time and hopefully i'll get to it on the show uh, i do have a super chat that i want to get to from front of the show coffee gave us a two dollars and 79 cent canadian thank you thank you so much uh, and ask, is Apple playing the long game uh, in regards to gaming? Uh, good do you, question. Do you think um, they'll ever get to a point? I mean, like, <laughs> maybe this is just such a long game that in 10 years from now, they've, like, quietly... Well, I, was, you know, I threw a little shade because of the fact that, the, you know, in their press release, they highlighted Mist as the game that was the... I mean, they literally did. They was it the remake I mean, Mist or the original? Well, that must... I mean, okay. I'm sure it was the remake. I mean, I was just kind of like, oh, look, it's Mist. I mean, you know, from, what, 30 years ago or something about that? I mean, yeah, I think it was the, the um, UA or the engine. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the remake. But oh, okay. still, I mean, it was Mist that they were highlighting. So, um, they're like, look, we can play Mist. Yeah, exactly. What's, I mean, the, what's the, next? Duke Nukem 3D? Check it out. We yeah. have Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> I mean, the, even the, the you know, we'll drop it in the I'll, I'll you know I'll spectate the Macworld Slack chats and so forth. And the people over there aren't gaming on their Macs. I mean, they're they're, they're essentially gaming on their PCs or a console. Um, <clears throat> you know, the Macs are Macs for productivity purposes and creativity and so forth. So yeah, I don't I don't know if there's a long game there. I mean, from my standpoint, um, I, I never associated have never associated gaming with Max and I don't think that's and I and I wouldn't for, for years to come unless they made some sort of a concerted push. I mean it's just they can show the flag, but you know, I'm not buying it. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you get any gaming benefits out of a Mac, it's because they are creativity things. So they're trying to build these more and more powerful GPUs mm-hmm. for creative purposes specifically. Yeah, and game creation, think, maybe. Yeah, I think they consider actual gaming like, you know, a side bonus effect of that. They have obviously haven't put that much work into enticing developers to make Mac games. So I don't think it's a long term focus. I think if you can game on it, it's it, because they're looking for creativity. I see it as like an added bonus. Like oh yeah, hey if, if, yeah if, if if you need a Mac for Mac things then awesome and you know maybe just a little added bonus so you can play some games here and there oh, okay cool I wasn't expecting it but glad to have it if I could mm-hmm. uh, all right uh, we'll get to some questions over here on Discord um, cause MC- I think it's hilarious that uh, Apple like refuses to work with Nvidia but the best gaming option for Macs is Nvidia's GeForce now 
Hey, <laughs> there we go. We we got it in there. <laughs> Drink. Uh, so, CosmC asks a, a question that we kind of already answered. But uh, Alan Wake is a lar- largely a survival horror game with the majority looking at the investigation and walking sim. Does it really need to b- run above thirty FPS? And once again, I say no. Forty, forty or bust. That's fine. Don't get me wrong. I want sixty or higher if I can, but yeah. I can deal with forty. Um. Okay. Uh, here's another Alan Wake one. Uh, Star Screamers asks, uh, front of the show, Star Screamers asks, uh, will Alan Wake two be the next Crisis slash GTA five, living in the reviewer benchmarks for five to ten or more years? Hmm. There's a very good chance. That's kind of the question I was gonna. I, I meant to ask them, but I forgot to when we were talking to the Remedies guys. Like, did you guys set out to make this the new Crisis? Because it certainly freaking seems like it. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, like I. I th- I think that is one of the better ways to look at it of like, hey, you know what? This is going to be a showpiece for a while to come. And honestly, in a lot of respects, that's what uh, Cyberpunk has been, too. It's like mm. they, they've con- I mean, they, apart from the bugs and updating it and all that kind of, you know, stuff of the game itself, they've been instituting more features in there, uh, the path tracing and DLSS 3.5 and, you know, frame generation, all that, that kind of fun stuff to and it makes it still relevant to pop in and be like, hmm, I wonder how this this piece of hardware runs on that. Uh, I, I like that, just playing around. So Yeah, me too. I do got to say, NVIDIA's uh, business relations team is way better at identifying gaming partners than it feels like the Radeon team does. <laughs> Radeon team, they're like Guardians. Yeah, no, it wasn't Guardians. Yes, that was NVIDIA. But like Forspoken and stuff like that. Uh, whereas, you know... Cyberpunk is a really great example for ray tracing, and it's a great game from a PC-first company. Same deal with Alan Wake 2, and I think NVIDIA just has a knack for finding the games that are really good showpieces for what it does compared to Ray Is that because they throw money at the problem? It probably doesn't hurt. Probably yeah. doesn't hurt. But. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I, I will say, out of the box, or even in the reviewer's code uh, pre-release, I went in the options menu, both DLSS and FSR 2.0, so... Uh, you know, if if they took money, uh, it didn't stop them from impl- implementing a an AMD uh, feature. So, um, let's see. Here's another one. Uh, oh, okay, this is a a joke from Cause MC, a friend of the show. Asks, uh, what's the max allowable laziness for game developers? <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke. Um, no. Uh, given this, the if, a better question. Given the stagnation of game price due to increased popularity of games and increasing volume of sales, are we finally willing to accept that the price of games need to increase to compensate for the increasing development cost and requested optimization? He, they they add uh, pay devs well enough that they won't be lazy. Um, I don't know about that last part, but I mean yeah, that that that's another thing a lot of people have been talking about is like. Oh man, game prices have you know been going up and up and up over the the last years, and I'm like, wait, I I bought I bought like an eighty dollar game on the Super Nintendo, so I don't know what you're talking about. Uh. <laughs> well, the models changed. I mean, you know, you can buy, I don't know, take Remedy for example. I mean, you know, I'm I'm uh, Control right it was two DLCs, um, and they were both. I mean, I I'm actually s- still sort of stuck in the second one i haven't getting there haven't finished that one yet but i mean solid stuff right um but city skylines there's another model for you city skylines the base game is at a fixed price tends to come over in time but dlc 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 i mean there's like for the first game there's like what 20 
uh, the the Total War series is another one, right? Mm. Where you come out with um, three kingdoms and there's, there's, I don't know, you get an additional faction, you get an additional scenario. Um, you know, those guys just make money because they keep on adding on to it. Um, so you kind of have to look at the games, I guess, to just sort of just decide. I mean, you know, um, if, if a company is going to come out and not plan DLC, you know, something like a $70, you know, um, opening price might be, you know, a little bit more reasonable, but I think if you're going to be asking people to pay 20 bucks every few months to sort of get that additional content, then, you know, your, your initial price needs to be lower as well. Um, but again, I mean, you know, Epic, you know, uh, you know, all these free games, game pass it throws at you, you know, that does offset it too. I mean, I have still, you know, use, and I've, you know, have stories on the site. I use Microsoft rewards. Um, <laughs> to essentially pay for it. Um, and I've still got, it's, it's still kind of creeping down, but I still have additional, like, I don't know, two years on it. Um, and you know, that benefits us. My kids have become accustomed to it. They just try whatever they want and they download it and stop playing it if they don't want it. And, you know, I, 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 I think that, yeah, dev costs have got game costs have come up, but we do have some offsetting, um, mechanisms for lack of a better word and um you know i think it it, it, it it's, doesn't feel overbearing to me right now but i certainly can see where some people would i uh i get where this person's coming from they're saying shouldn't they be more uh i think i feel like uh we've actually reached a pretty good equilibrium i feel like in the gaming industry like you can pick up games like overwatch for 40 bucks with the expectation that or overwatch 2 i guess is free but overwatch 1 was 40 bucks but the expectation is you'd buy loot boxes and stuff like that that's how they funded the continued development uh the the smaller more pc centric companies especially like mark was mentioning like all the paradox games like stellaris and crusader kings they pump out a bunch of little dlc things so you get a good fully stocked game to begin with I don't feel like they shortchange you in any way, and then they'll put out extra stuff to get stuff, which I think is also fine. Uh, the $70 games, the blockbusters, the AAA games are basically 70 bucks, and I think it's going to have a hard time going up more than that because I get that inflation-wise, like game prices have stagnated, but at the end of the day, like 70 bucks is a lot of freaking money, man. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm not as, you know... I'm not struggling as much as when I used to unload trucks for a living, but, you know, I still got kids to feed. I got to put gas in my car. 70 bucks is a lot. And if you pump that up any higher, like, who's really going to take a random shot on an $80 game? The same goes for indies. Like, if I want to try an indie out, I'll throw 15 or 20 bucks on it. But if you push that up to 30 to 40 bucks, it gets a little more iffy. I'm like, do I really want to spend 40 bucks to try out this game? Uh... And honestly, for the AAA games, it's getting harder for the mid-tier developers and the smaller developers at times, but the AAA games put out by the Microsofts and Activisions and EAs of the world, those companies are making billions of dollars in profit quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter. Uh, It's not a question of should we be paying more to pay them more. It's a question of can the corporate structure, you know, shave a little bit off the top to make sure their employees have a good work-life balance. That's the way I feel about it, because if you bump the prices up too much more, you're going to sell a lot less games. I mean, but that's that's the, that's the economy, or, you know, right? Like, if, 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 you, if you're pushing too far, 
people won't buy it, then you're going to have to to adjust. So, like, I, I mean, I still think for me, it's like put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, if you feel like it's too much, then then don't buy it. But it seems like you know it's it's at least a sustainable thing here. Uh, so I don't know, yeah. but, but but we do have. I mean, Game Pass is a damn good deal. Like, I mean, if if you yes. if you're looking at it, like regardless of like whatever like um, uh, deals that you can get from like Elena's article, uh, trying to trying to get you know stack on some stuff. Like, the, there's definitely there's definitely good things there. And yeah, I, I think that's the other part of it, right? Is that like people people feel like okay well the the they're asking too much for this okay well how much is going to the developer how much is going to the publisher that can get reworked rethought you know so that people are getting pay, paid fair wages like i'm all for the developers getting a, a fair wage and like you know making sure that that's but also at the same time i mean it, it's a damn business so publishers need to to get their cut too to, to continue to be around yeah. so like yeah where where is that line i you know I think it changes game to game as yeah. well. For for some people, like I understand, like a lot of people like to play the latest and greatest, right? Uh, but for people who who don't and just like to wait, so you know, just like me, I like to just wait for. I don't I don't buy the the game in full, right? Like sixty seventy dollars. I like to wait a little bit, like you know, not not maybe till Black Friday, but when it's like a little on sale, maybe like forty. And you know, if it hits Black Friday, thirty dollars, and you know I, I've been waiting for it, then good. You, you, then you you make you make your you know the uh, make the worth the wait. You and, know? and by that time, there's probably been some patches and yeah. updates. You know exactly. Yeah. So I, there's definitely different ways to slice it. I don't feel like there's an overall general like things suck. Like I do feel like there are instances where it's just like, oh my god, I I got a great deal on this. So <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't see it as like a black and white kind of thing. But yeah. Um, a couple more questions and we'll get out of here. A uh, friend of the show, Dark Helmet, has a good one. Um, on October 10th, Game Ready Driver 537.58 was released with support for Forza Motorsport. On the same day, Studio Driver 3, or I'm sorry, 537.58 was also released. Since NVIDIA doesn't talk about game support in their documentation for studio drivers, would the studio driver have the same support for Forza Motorsport, or would that be added in the November release? Do you, do you have I've an answer actually, to this one? Or? I don't have an answer for this specific case, but I have asked about that exact scenario when they first rolled out studio drivers. Mm-hmm. And they said that, you know, sometimes you'll get some... Uh, you won't get day zero support in a studio driver for games. They fully plan and implement everything in the studio drivers around productivity applications. And then they focus on, because drivers are freaking complicated, and they focus on getting it totally all set on the G4 side. And then eventually they'll wrap it in on the studio side. So if you're doing day zero kind of gaming like that, you definitely want the game ready drivers. It won't have the game ready support on the studio side. You know, and and I've always wanted to do that, just like blanket statement of like, you know, like getting getting a, a group of production and games in a test suite and have the same test bench, but just change the drivers and see what changes between the two. Because um, I, I mean, honestly, at the at the end of the day, like I actually, it's probably not. I mean, unless it's something that comes in hot and heavy, where it's like, yeah, it's a, a day one kind of thing, and you're, you're expecting some sort of good driver update to help support that uh, other than those scenarios it's probably pretty damn even um yeah i would think anything that's been out for you know a couple of months 
would be fairly equal, but they definitely do heavily balance towards productivity and gaming. Yeah. And, you know, they catch it up once everything's stable. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, <laughs> then, cause at that point, I mean, there wouldn't be a reason to have two separate <laughs> drivers. It would just be all the same thing. But yeah, no, I mean, I think that that makes more sense. So I do, I do well, wonder then where is that line? Like, a, you know, a, maybe we could ask NVIDIA that, like, you know, talk to them about drivers and, you know, how they deal with it. And it's like, okay, when when does the the opposite happen, too? When does a, a kind of more studio production kind of driver, like for Adobe Premiere or something, roll into the game-ready drivers? Like, you know, because people, I always see the question of, like, okay, well, I do both. Which one should I just default towards, or should I always like flip and flop depending on the what I'm doing? And I'm like, ah, you probably don't want to flip and flop. Just just stick with one driver. But <laughs> the one thing that stuck with me as you're mentioning this, this is not this is not graphics drivers, but <clears throat> one of the people that were the city's getting back to the city skylines thing. Mm-hmm. When 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 there was actually a performance patch released, apparently it hit Steam a couple of days or at least a few days before it hit like. Um, Game Pass, Xbox, you know, dis- distribution, which was interesting um, because I always assumed they were kind of timed for the same release, but mm. apparently not in that case. Well, so yeah, on Steam, the devs have full control over everything, so they can mm. push it like they can wrap it up right now and go, eh, YOLO, and throw it. But they have to go <laughs> through the Xbox channels mm-hmm. on the Xbox side. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna risk a three from all the way out here, YOLO. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, kids say Kobe now, don't they? <laughs> Kobe, do they? I don't know. Uh, they did that seven oh, years yeah. ago or something okay. like that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, it still happens. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. okay. A <laughs> um, couple more super chats here uh, that I, I forgot to list. Uh, Sid, friend of the show, Sid Lives, gave us a one dollar ninety nine cent. Thank you so much, Thank Sid. Doctor Adam, rocking the white white lab coat and tie. Doctor Adam. Doctor Adam. Uh, was was Gordon that, Freeman by the way? doctor? Where'd you get that white lab coat? Uh, it was, I, co- I covered it up. No, PC, PC oh, World here, baby. Uh, PC World, okay. this is from the uh, holdover from the lab itself. Okay, uh, But no, I, I work for Black Mesa, the research facility. Um, and then, uh, anyway, thank you. Uh, friend of the show, Skeet, Skeet Sayer, uh, earlier gave us a five Canadian dollar super chat. Thank you so much. Always appreciate it. said, um, isn't... Um, BG3, uh, Baldur's Gate 3, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Isn't Baldur's Gate 3 an example of how to release a game? Yes. Absolutely. But it was an early access for, what, two years? (laughs) I mean, Ash, I think, said she'd played it, like, what, five times before it even hit, like, general release? (laughs) I mean, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so, I I mean, yes, that's an awesome case, and it worked worked out good for them. But also, games are so different. I don't think we can just be like, hey, be like Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, okay. No, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, like, I, I mean, I, I get it. In a perfect scenario, that would, wouldn't that be awesome? That would be awesome. But also, I think that's unrealistic. Like, come on. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And that was Baldur's Gate 3. They had Larian, who's the best, basically, at those kinds of RPGs right now, developing it. Uh, it had all kinds of exclusivity deals. They were throwing the money that they had from all this into getting it right. Wizards of the Coast, I'm sure they got a big chunk of money from, remember this is one of the first Stadia deals, like Baldur's Gate 3 is coming to Stadia, oh, even though really? Stadia shut down I bet you Google threw tons of money at them huh. so they had the luxury of time to be able to nail it hmm. so, and early access helps yes, it is the perfect example of how to launch a game but that is just a testament to how rare and awesome it is yeah, and, and don't get on Twitter and just yell at every other dev and be like, why aren't you like Baldur's Gate 
come on. Like, yeah, it's not that easy. Um, all right. Uh, last one. We'll get out of here. Friend of the show, Star Screamus asks, uh, what's your favorite film to watch on Halloween? Ooh. Does every, does anyone have like an actual, like, okay, on Halloween we watch this Mark. Um, so that kind of gets into, I don't have a Halloween film. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it gets into some of the things you were talking about maybe last week was this like favorite scary film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, I would probably nominate, um, I would honestly, I, I'm, I'm a, I keep coming back to the conjuring, the original conjuring. I just really like the way they handle it. Classic. Um, um, you know, one of the things I was, you know, one of the things I remember doing in, 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 uh, college was write. I wrote a paper on, uh, Henry James, uh, whist- a whistle and I'll call to you, my lad, which is a nice little short st- ghost short story. Mm. And they actually have, it's about, it's kind of like this, this, this ghost that kind of comes from, uh, elsewhere so it's a little xenophobic but they have it's, it's basically it's sort of it materializes in a in a sheet but not what you think of a traditional sheet there's a a scene in the conjuring where like like the, she's doing her laundry and like kind of like ghost appears in the in the sheet that's being hung up on the on the laundry and i just thought mm-hmm. that wow that was like a callback to that that movie and then there's the the doll and i just thought man that was just that was handled so well. I really enjoyed it. I even enjoyed the second one too. Um, hmm. uh, but yeah, I'd say the conjuring is probably the one that I would come. My, my, the rest of the family won't watch it, obviously, <laughs> but I, I do like the scary movies. I don't like the gore movies. I don't like the torture porn, but something that's, that's generally chilling and haunting is, is right up my alley. And the, and the conjuring kind of fills that for me. So no, it's, it's a good, more cerebral kind of thing than it a, like, is, a jump yeah. scare. And then, I mean, you know, you've got the, uh, the Flanahan, was it Flanahan? Mike Flanahan, does the fall yeah. of the house. Of, yeah, the fall of the house Flanagan. of Richard, the talkie stuff. So I know Brad has to go. So go ahead, Brad. Oh, no, listen, yeah, yeah, Flanagan. I actually just wrapped up the Midnight Club series he did with my 13-year-old last night. I heard that wasn't uh, as good. She loved it. It's perfect. Right. For, it's not as good as his other stuff. It was made yeah. more for, like, teens, but right. it was upper end of teens. But... I spend all month watching horror movies. I've watched a bunch of Ash vs. Evil Dead. I've watched Fall of the House oh, of Us. I've watched good. Midnight Club. I've watched Haunting of Bly Manor. I've watched a bunch of random movies. I spend all of October watching movies. But on a Halloween itself, uh, me and the kids, after we go trick-or-treating, we come back home. Everyone's trading candy and stuff. We always watch Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> There you go. Not even going to get it. It's, it's not a Halloween movie. I don't know why you're watching it. Uh, we, we, we had an argument about that just it's on live uh, yesterday, uh, not, yeah, last week about whether, yeah, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, is it a Halloween film or is it a Christmas it, it, film? It is, it is appropriate from any time from September through December. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Willis, any anything you have a tradition? Uh, not really a tradition. Kind of, you know, kind of like Mark, I you know, like don't watch any uh, or, or at least i don't watch a lot of horror films uh myself but um you know uh nightmare before christmas would be one that i would you know like i'm just like exactly right uh, like hey it's a uh, halloween maybe we should just put on some family friendly halloween themed <laughs> you know uh, uh uh yeah uh movies and uh it's either that or actually spirited away right here with uh mr no face and it, it, it's in some ways it's kind of it's not halloween theme but you know it's uh it's about monsters it's a it's a fantasy land and all that mm-hmm. people are you know that you got monsters and people dressing up and all <laughs> yeah 
Uh, and I spend 12 months out of the year watching horror films, so there's, I, I'm always constantly But is there a one? Films. Is there, like, the one that you want to, like, watch? Not, not on Halloween, no. Not like, Halloween. there's not, like, a traditional or something like that. I mean, that's more for, like, Christmas. I have, like, traditional, <laughs> like, oh, I gotta watch something for Christmas. But Halloween, I mean, we, we're watching horror movies all the time. I will say, uh, we just started the Enfield Poltergeist documentary on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, so far, it's actually pretty damn good. Um if you're looking for like a documentary kind of thing uh anyway and a re- really good uh scene in the chat uh, that there's some a, a lot of people saying beetlejuice uh the crow hey, we just watched that the family yeah we watched that the family too yeah. a week ago the crow um yeah evil dead obviously evil dead. classic mm-hmm. so Second yeah one. a lot of good stuff a lot of good stuff uh but we need to get out of here we need to get out of here because i I've, I've got some uh, head crabs i hear scraping around uh <laughs> I, just, you know, I, I see them looking at me i need to to go smash him with my crowbar. Uh, anyway, thanks everybody for tuning in. Let me bring up the notes for, so check back next week for your fix of PC talk on the full nerd. If you, uh, to listen to us on the go, please subscribe over on Apple podcast, Spotify, YouTube music, pod pocket casts, or wherever you can point your RSS feed to. And if you are in one of the services where you can review us, please leave us a review. Every time you do a head crab comes and eats somebody's head. Uh, no, you don't want that. Why do I? Why would I want somebody to do that? Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, uh, Mark Hawk, uh, Mark Hawkman, for for joining us on the line. Sure, always good to have you. My pleasure. Uh, thank you, Brad, for uh, uh, co-hosting this spooky edition of the Full Nerd. For sure, calories don't count on Halloween, so have fun, y'all. <laughs> it's math. It's just math. Yes, uh, and 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 thank you, Willis, for uh, driving the show. Get us out of here. Thank you. All right, uh, I'm hungry right now, so I'm going to go hit up a buffet with this mask on. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everyone. Have a happy and safe Halloween. We'll see you next time. Bye. Ooh. Ooh.